Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. But now Dublin Fire Brigade posted about rescuing a man in his 70s after he'd become trapped in his home for about 14 hours due to the hoarding of belongings. Fiona Hall is psychotherapist and owner of Consciously Clearing Decluttering. Hello, Fiona. How are you? Hi, Claire. How are you? Do you think there's a bit of misunderstanding around what hoarding is? I do. Um like I worked in this area for about six years and I've worked with hoarders in their own homes and, you, you know, nobody intentionally intends to live that way. It is usually um, a number of factors involved. In my experience, it's usually one trauma or in some cases multiple traumas where there could have been a loss or a tragedy and then people turn their kind of emotional attachment away from people to stuff and to things because stuff will never leave them, stuff will never break their hearts. And in a kind of understanding that only that client can have, they, you know, these things are comfort to them and then it gets out of hand and clients just don't know where to start or what to do. And in some cases I have been in homes and I've been the first person in that home and maybe 10, 15 years because the shame and the guilt builds and it can affect anybody at any age. Um, And that particular um, poor gentleman, I have been in homes like that. And I was really sad because this man was in his 70s and I was sad to read Mm. that alone, the charity for older persons say they come across this at least once a week. And there'll be people listening who are thinking, oh God, I really need to sort out my wardrobe under the stairs. There's stuff everywhere. What's the difference between that? What's the difference between clutter and letting a bit of housework build up to hoarding? How do you know it's become a problem? Um, Generally, if if it's just general clutter, that can happen. Like from the moment we're born, we start acquiring stuff and accumulating stuff and you have to have systems in place. But generally, if somebody has a hoarding tendency, there's something a lot deeper there within them. And I said, it's not an intentional way to live. It's just it can build and build and then it can become so overwhelming. It actually takes over their lives. Like a lot of um, hoarders I've worked with, they wouldn't invite anybody into their home. Then they maybe stop socialising and then they become even more isolated and then it becomes so overwhelming because there is such a strong attachment. Like to, to some people, it might just be a pile of newspapers, but to somebody who's a hoarder, there's a purpose and a reason for them being there. And in nine times out of 10 with clients I work with, they don't want to live like that. It's physically and emotionally just not being able to take that first step. And then sometimes uh, well-meaning relatives, um, which I know um, alone we're talking about this morning, might come in and decide to clear out the house and take everything away. But they're doing that because of their stress and anxiety regarding how um, a relative lives. But like I would say to relatives, how would you feel if you went on holidays? and came back and somebody reorganised your house and threw out your stuff. Yeah, I I suppose this has to be, yeah, this has to be managed in a very careful way. Fiona, will you stay on the line there? Because I want to bring in Paul. Paul, you're welcome to Lunchtime Live here on News Talk. Have you experience of hoarding? Yes, 
yes, I have to admit, I'm I'm an awful hoarder, but I I I have collected a lot of radio memorabilia from the time of the Irish pirates. Now I'm what's known as a radio anorak, and people like me associate with other people like me. However, um, I had amassed a collection, a huge collection, probably one of the biggest collections of Irish pirate radio memorabilia from about 1935 to 1988. And I was approached a couple of years ago by a man who was uh, looking for me. His name is Eddie Hobbs, and he has connections with the media center in DCU. What What he proposed to me was that he would take my entire collection away. Now, I'm talking about about 16,000 audio cassettes, uh, 30 or thereabouts of two-ring binders packed with newspaper reports of Irish pirates going back to the 60s, and thousands of photographs of every Irish pirate that I could find throughout the country. This all started for me like a hobby, and it just got out of control. So he approached me, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Bowen approached me uh, a couple of years ago and he wanted to digitize all my entire collection. So I gave the whole lot to him and he had to use his van. He had to collect it three times, three separate occasions to be able to take the whole lot. Wow, that's now, quite the collection, Paul. I'm, I'm and was it taking it, over your home? Uh, well, let's put it this way. I had boxes of stuff in the attic, in the garage, in every room in the house. But uh, in in the downstairs rooms where we watched television and that, it didn't actually, I was barred from using that room. But I had boxes of stuff. Now, I'm talking about, if you know the IKEA-style box, the big box. Now, boxes of that stuff everywhere in the house, except in the living room. <clears throat> and um, Eddie took the whole lot in his van. <clears throat> Excuse me. And since then, he has been digitizing this material for for posterity in DCU, in the media center. So they eventually hope that uh, people, anybody, will be able to look at this stuff online. Well, and I think I mean, that's really is- exciting because I'd have to consider myself as a bit of a radio anorak too. So that is incredible that that's all happening. But what about the effect of having all that stuff in your house? Did you feel an emotional attachment to that collection? Letting it go, did you? Did you? Did that play on your mind a little bit? Did you have a struggle to let it go at all? Oh, I did. I did struggle to let it go because. From the days when I was a teenager, and I'm 71 now, I'd been collecting this material as a hobby, and I was traveling throughout the country, recording interviews with station owners, taking recordings, photographs, anything, press cuttings, you name it, I did it. (laughs) And I bring out a weekly news sheet to any radio collectors, like radio anoraks like myself, at home and abroad. So it, it took up my entire life outside my job, but it was just a pleasure. It was a hobby. And I didn't want to let go of any of these tapes or that because I said, nobody else has what I have. <clears throat> yeah. And then you worry, very- don't you? I mean, I think we're all the same about photographs and digitizing things. We know that that's the right thing to do now, to bring it to the modern age, to be able to save it somewhere properly. But it can be really hard to let go of that hard copy item. Um, what about your relationships then, um, 
Paul? Was it affecting them? You said there was a room in the house you were banned from using. Was it starting to seep into other areas of your life? Well, it was. It would have seeped into the lounge uh, where we watched television. But uh, lucky for me, it didn't because I started to use the attic instead. And the attic at one stage had more stuff in it than anywhere else in the house because it's a big attic. Wow. Well, Paul, thank you very much for talking to us today. Um, And to go back to you, Fiona, Fiona Hall's like a therapist and owner of Consciously Clearing and Decluttering. What Paul has to say, you know, backs up what you said. Nobody intends to hoard. It starts as a collection. It starts as a hobby. You know, you say there can be darker issues at play if somebody has gone through a particular trauma and start to attach their emotions to stuff. So there can be all kinds of reasons why somebody becomes a hoarder, but it's not something you set out to do. It's just something that comes on you. No, and like for anyone who kind of does feel overwhelmed, I would say to um, clients, like pick one little spot to start with in the house and take a photograph before. And then at the end of the process, you can, you know, as you're going through, take photographs so you can actually see the progress. And then instead of rewarding yourself with buying stuff, you reward yourself with an experience, like, you know, starting to go out again going for a coffee with a friend and, you know, imagining trying to focus on what your life will be like when this um, issue has been dealt with. Because there, it is possible to undo the years of building up hoarding. It just takes a lot of time and a lot of patience. And then sometimes clients make progress and it's a little overwhelming and there might be a step back. Um, but the way I would explain to clients is like pain isn't permanent. Like if you fell and hurt, sprained your wrist, it's going to hurt. But in a week's time, it's going to hurt less. And in a week's time, it's going to hurt less. So for anyone who's feeling overwhelmed, just pick one small area to start in and kind of work through that. And in terms of family members who want to help, you know, it's, you know, kind of think of it in your head. If you went on holidays and someone came back and reorganized your house, how would you feel about that? There has to be kind of, a trust issue and working compassionately with somebody with an open mind, understanding that, you know, they do need help. They do want support, but it has to be done at their pace and level. Yeah, we have a text here says it is a serious problem. My mother was a hoarder and wouldn't let anybody into the house. She was embarrassed by it, but so overwhelmed to know where to start to clear it. My sister had died and mam could never let go of her things and it went from there. And I think it's worth saying, you know, the World Health Organization named hoarding as a mental condition from 2018. So we need to treat it in this way. As you say, it's not just somebody that needs a few black bags and to get on with their life. It needs to be handled Carefully, And I suppose, Fiona, our homes can be sanctuaries. Like I said, housework can get on top of us. And I think many of us have a drawer or a wardrobe or under the stairs that needs sorting out. But essentially, we all need a bedroom, a sitting room, a kitchen where we can feel at peace. And when you're hoarding, I, I, that would be having a huge effect on your, your stress levels and your health. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, particularly now when there's a lot of stress and anxiety around that. Um, I would say to clients, like if you, you know, if you don't know where to start, start with the kitchen or your bedroom, because the kitchen you're less likely to be emotionally attached to tins of beans, you know, plates, things like that. But certainly, if you're having difficulty sleeping, um, like having to step over stuff and then climb over your bed, it just creates hurdles. And then there's, 
you know, this sort of shame and blame and guilt can creep, creep in because people are like, well, I can't even like take care of my home, so I'm not going to even bother. So it's trying to clear one sort of space. Take a photograph before, clear it out. And for that particular texture there, um, whose mum was hoarding, uh, it's, it is very difficult when somebody passes away. Um, so I would say to clients, you know, it's physically not possible to take stuff from somebody else's house and bring every single thing to your house. And the person who's passed wouldn't want you living that way. So trying to kind of reframe those thoughts in terms of why don't you take photographs of all of the belongings before you donate them away or have one thing like um, a blouse or a dress or something made into a cushion. So the essence of somebody will always be with you, but not a full collection of somebody else's life because it's just re-traumatizing the loss. Yeah, it's so tough. I know from my dad dying, that step of clearing out the clothes is just such a a sad step. But like you say, you keep some items. We took some of the pyjamas, had the had teddies made for the grandkids and things like that. There are lovely things that you can do and you just take that step on. But, you know, you'd completely empathise with somebody. We have loads of texts coming in from family members. Like, I'll just give you one here. My brother is a hoarder and the place is in an awful way. How do I approach it with him? I mean, is it like any sort of addiction even, Fiona, that you have to wait until the person wants to change before they can change? Um, In a certain way, but like for that particular texture there, um, you need to approach that person with a compassionate heart and an open mind and listening ears. And the first question I would always ask my clients, because like sometimes family members would bring me and say, oh, Fiona, can you go and work in uh, my mum's house, my brother's house? I can't do that unless they're willing and able. But a question I would get family members to say to ask that person, are you happy living like this? How can I help you? How can I work with you to help you overcome this? You know, it does seem insurmountable now, but between, between you and me, we will make progress. I will work at your space and never, ever take something out of somebody else's home without their permission, because that can just trigger it again. It's like working at a very slow pace. Um, like generally, if I'm working with hoarders, I go out once a week. Even if that client was going out to his brother, helping just do it um, for, say, I would generally work in three-hour blocks because it's the emotional having to make those decisions over and over again. Even if you worked with him two hours every week and then go for coffee. Yeah, like don't baby leave the steps. person kind of in the home. Baby steps and then say, sure, let's go for a walk now and um, allow the person to... Because generally when I'm working with clients, they wouldn't open up to me straight away as to what the trauma is generally that would kind of come when you build trust and sometimes then they will kind of test you to make sure that you haven't taken anything out and some weeks you may leave with nothing and it's you have to go at their space because if it's taken five to ten years to build this up you're not going to fix it in a week because that stuff strange as it might seem to us that's scaffolding for that person and yeah. you cannot take away their emotional scaffolding without having other supports in place, like encouraging his brother to come out for a coffee or a walk. No judgment, no guilt. Do not go into the house with a face of <gasps> oh, shock because they also, clients, will watch your face to see, oh, my God, is this really bad? 
Yeah, like yeah. no judgment. Like Meet with no empathy judgment and compassion. Whatsoever. But I think what's yeah. interesting about you, Fiona, and also essential is that you're a psychotherapist as well as somebody yeah. who knows how to consciously clear and declutter a home. And I think that's really important because yeah. often hoarding is a, so, is a symptom of other issues that are going on that need more than just the house clearing. Well, thank you very yeah. much for talking to us today. That's Fiona Hall there, psychotherapist and owner of Consciously Clearing and Decluttering. I'm a reformed hoarder, says a texter, happened unknown to me. I was in a dark place after grief and I didn't notice how bad things had gone. My sister helped me and now I'm living a new life. I do have to be careful not to fall back into it. Another says it's a huge problem that we don't even realise. So many people just get overwhelmed and don't know where to start. I worked as a psychotherapist and saw so many people with OCD and hoarding conditions. Well, I think as Fiona said, you start small, you pick one area of the house and you start there or you reach out for help. You can keep your texts coming into us 53106. It'll cost you 30 cents. You can email lunchtimelive at newstalk.com. But now it's time for this. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.